0: We thank you That you have given us the right and the privilege To believe not only that nothing is possible with you But nothing That all things are possible to end that believes. So Father we thank you that Not only can you do all things We have the ability to receive all things So Father we thank you We thank you Father The healing is a small portion of the great and mighty things that you can do. Father, in in this world, in the lives of humanity, healing and sickness and disease can become such a large part of our lives. And yet, from your perspective, it's a small thing, Father, to heal and to deliver, to protect, Father. So, Father, we choose to believe. We thank you, Father you will provide all things for us. Father, we give you praise and honor for these things. We thank you for them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? Amen. He's good. Amen. You know, uh, song said, uh, with God, nothing's impossible with God, which is true, right? Um, but that alone is not sufficient faith to have the Lord move on your behalf. You also have to believe that nothing, that uh, what Jesus said, that all things are possible to him who believes. So yeah, it it may be that that nothing's impossible with God, but until you have faith to obtain that which is not uh, uh, impossible with the Lord into your life, it still doesn't do you any good. A lot of people that are in doubt and unbelief believe that God can do all things, but they don't believe he will do all things. Uh, And so we've got to go to the next step of moving that, impossibility from God into the possibility for us. Uh, and so, um, and, and, you know, of course, this is healing school, right? And, and um, uh, we say on a regular basis that uh, it's God's will every single time without exception to heal us, uh, heal our physical bodies of all uh, ailments. And, and, you know, that is not a fanatical statement. Many people would say that's a fanatical statement. That's, that's, that's a boringly common statement uh, statement about who the Lord is. I mean, it's not even an unusual, you know, way out there like God would, you know, move a planet on your behalf or turn the sun backwards 15 degrees or, you know, something spectacular like that. This is just, it's just who God is. Uh, And yet uh, uh, small wars are fought in the church on the idea that God will heal. Uh, But uh, from a biblical perspective, God will heal every single time. There's not a single exception where his desire is to allow you to remain unwell Uh, and uh, if that's true and of course it is true uh, you know really uh, we should spend time uh, as we study the word of God uh, you know the word of God was given to us to reveal God to us and so we should be spending time as we read the word of finding out who who is God what's his desire And, and it's not just so much Uh, memorizing verses, it's understanding who he is. By his word and by his actions, uh, we should be able to understand who he is to the level that's necessary for us to live full and and blessed lives. We'll never understand all that God is, no doubt, in this lifetime. Perhaps when we get into the realm of the Spirit, we we will get closer to that. But, you know, we don't have to know all that God is in order to live a, a, uh, a well and healed life. It's a small thing, right, for God to heal our bodies. Uh, And we should have at least enough understanding of who God is to believe that God will always heal. Uh, And uh, people in the church who just don't believe that God heals today, I just always wonder, you know, have they met the Lord? Have they ever spent time in his presence and felt the love of God, you know, uh, rise up in their own hearts? Because the Bible says that God's love is shed abroad in our hearts. Well, that love that's in there should should reveal to you who God is. Because God is love. And if you have the love of God in you, then that love should reveal to you that clearly God wants to heal me. And anything else would be an affront to the love that God has for us. In what capacity would God love us so much that he would send his own son, but wouldn't heal of us heal us of, of, a, of a headache? You know, I would eat this huge thing. Uh, and, and, you know, it's like uh, people win... These, these giant prizes, but then nobody will help them, you know, go pick up the car, right? I mean, it's just, uh, you know, you, get, you want this giant thing, but then you can't, it's of no value to you because, uh, you, you know, you don't have any way to get the, to get the thing. Uh, and, uh, of course, we could probably come up with some better analogies than that. Uh, but I just wonder about people who, who uh, say they love the Lord and, and know the Lord, and I believe they do, I, you know, I don't really doubt that, but I just don't, they don't really spend time trying to get to know the Lord, Amen. More than anything, I want to know the Lord, right? Paul said that I want to know him and the, and the power of his resurrection um, and the fellowship of his suffering. You know, I want to know the Lord. I mean, I just don't want to know about him. Uh, and, you know, I've dealt with Christians uh, much of my Christian walk who know a lot about the Lord. They'll, they'll argue every case by jot and tittle. They can quote, you know, I've had people tell I quote the entire book of whatever as if that impresses the Lord. They're like, yeah, but do you know the Lord? You know? Do you know him? If, if you know him to be good, then, I mean, do you need to have book, chapter, and verse to know that he'll heal you? If you just know he's good, would you would it, would it shock you to know that he would also heal you if he's good? No, it's not a, it's not a, you know, when I, when I got saved, I knew God was good. That's all I knew about him from a doctrinal standpoint was he was good. And so the first time somebody said that he was healed, that he would heal me, it wasn't a shock. It wasn't like, really? What? I mean, there's no way he would do that to me when someone when, when they told me that God would heal it 's like, well, of course that makes sense because if he 's good, he would heal if I was good, I would heal wouldn't you heal if you if you were good if you had the ability to do that uh, and so so we we are working our way through uh, dr mcrosson 's book here, and I just wanted to just re- reiterate a little bit what he said about psalm one hundred three so let 's turn back to psalm one hundred three uh, and and so he 's given us the, the reasons why we should believe that God is still our healer. Uh, and so he started out with he was our healer in the Old Testament. Uh, and so he's going to make his way through and show that if he was a healer then, then he's the healer now. And, of course, you got the Psalm 103 in verse 3 and 4. It's, it says, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with love and kindness and tender mercies. And, of course, uh, people have said And he's responding to what some of these people in his time frame back 100 years ago were writing to to, to say that God doesn't do these things. And they would take this verse and say, well, when it says that he healeth all thy diseases, that's not talking about physical uh, diseases, talking about spiritual diseases. And so he went through and said, well, let's just go look and see what the word says. And he looked up the word diseases uh, in the Greek Old Testament and the Greek New Testament. Every single time, without exception, is talking about physical diseases. Uh, and the same thing with healing. Uh, who healeth all thy diseases? Looked up the Old Testament use of the word. Looked up the New Testament use of the word. And even though outside the Bible those words may have other meaning, when they're used in biblical phrases in the biblical text, it, it consistently means physical healing. Uh, and because, first of all, there's no such thing as spiritual healing. We don't need spiritual healing. We need to be born again. You don't get healed when you get born again spiritually. You get reborn uh, when, you get, uh, when you receive the Lord. And so he did away with that particular argument that well, this is only talking about spiritual healing. Uh, anybody ever heard things like that? I've heard people say that, right? When you get to some great verse that God will do these mighty things, well, that's only spiritual things. And it will, well, why would you put that limit there? It doesn't say it's only spiritual things. But the reason why they do that is because uh, their doubt... They wanted to be able to have an excuse for their doubt. Well, God doesn't operate in this natural world that I live. He's only in the spiritual world. Well, how much spiritual healing do you need? If you're, if you're born again, well, you don't need any, right? And so, uh, so uh, the, the prevailing intellectual argument was these were not spiritual diseases, or these were not physical diseases. They were only spiritual diseases. And so he proved that to be wrong just from the Word of God. And it says, and who redeemeth thy life from destruction... Uh, and they said, well, that, this redemption uh, of the physical body you know, didn't occur here. I mean, it occurred here in the old co- covenant, but then we, we don't see it again until we get resurrected from the dead. So it, there's a discontinuity in the redemption. And he shows, if you look up the verb tense of this word redeemeth in verse four, that's a continuous action. It's not a one time and done or a future thing. It's began when he said it, and it continues today. So it didn't come to an end. And if that's true, that it didn't come to an end, then it didn't come to an end in the book of Psalms. It didn't come to an end at the end of Jesus' ministry. It didn't come to an end at the end of the last apostle dying on the earth. It's a continuous uh, process that he redeemeth our life from destruction. So is there destruction that's constantly trying to get into people's life? Sure there is. And destruction could be in the, in the sense of sickness and disease, uh, physical harm. Uh, and, and so whatever the destruction is, he's constantly redeeming your life from that destruction. Uh, now, he paid the price to do it, and that price was sufficient to carry it out continuously uh, for all time. Uh, and so he's making a good case, right? He, he, he wrote the book to make the case from a biblical perspective, and that's the thing I like about his book. It's not just him pontificating on things without any backup of why he believes it. He, he shows us by going through in exhausting details. Of course, I even went through more details in, in my notes, because when he said this is used 18 times or wherever, I went and looked up all those 18 times and, and confirmed that, yes, that those, are the, the, those are the things that he said. Uh, so he completed the uh, review of the Old Covenant there in that, in that question there. Uh, and he says uh, the next reason why this is so is that in New Testament time, so in Old Testament, he said the Old Testament, God was man's healer, Jehovah Rapha. In New Testament, he said God was man's healer through the Lord Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. So, so God's showing us by action, I was, I was your healer in the Old Testament, I was your heal, healer in the New Testament. And so then he went to, let's turn to, to Matthew chapter 9 and see the, the uh, examples and the uh, basis for his faith here. In Matthew chapter 9, he says uh, in verse uh, 35, and Jesus went about all the cities, and villages, teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing how many sickness? Every sickness and how many disease? Every disease among the people. Uh, and so so where did he go? He went to about all the cities, all the villages, and healed all the sick and all the diseases. So uh, was he a respecter of persons? No. Uh, it, uh, and, and of course, we can go through, we have gone through... Uh, uh, more than once the different times of jesus healing and every single person that came to jesus of those people how many left healed all right nobody who ever came to jesus left unwell every single person that came and so that tells you something right uh and so now of course this is in, in matthew nine thirty-five when it talks about all the cities and all the villages that's around from where he was at right i don't know if he was in uh galilee at this particular time but, you know, he was, It's not talking about all, all of the nation of Israel. It's talking about all the places where he was at that point in time. Uh, and so, um, and so turn, turn to uh, Mark. So that's Jesus going about everywhere and doing these things. And then we turn over to Mark chapter 6. Uh, and now in Mark chapter 6, this is the story of Jesus sending out the 12 apostles. And it says, and they went out, and the 12 apostles and preached that men should repent, and they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. So all the people that they that they anointed with oil were healed. All the people that they were cast out that they cast devils out uh, were made well. Uh, and so Jesus sent out his disciples to preach uh, both deliverance and healing. Uh, well, what's our role in relation to the Lord Jesus? Are we still not his disciples? If he sent out his disciples here, uh, and of course uh, he didn't cover it, this scenario in his book there but in the book of Luke uh, in fact uh, we could just turn over there if you go over to the, to the book of Luke <clears throat> and we'll start in chapter, in, in chapter, chapter 9 there um, so uh, in Luke's ex, uh, examples of this story he starts out in chapter 9 and um, that's when he sent out the, the 12, uh, 12 apostles there and um, same story as uh, uh, Mark chapter 6. He gives a little bit more instructions here. But same, same results, right? They, they went everywhere and, they, and they, they healed the sick and cast out devils. Uh, but then if you come over to chapter 10, also in the book of Luke. Uh, in this case, it says, so chapter 9, he sent out the 12, right? The 12 apostles of the Lamb. They went out. In, in chapter 10, it says in verse 1, after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also, and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. Uh, and so, and he gave them the same instructions go out, and heal, heal the sick, you know, raise the dead, uh, whatever they were supposed to do. And they returned to verse 17, it says, in the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the disciples are subject to us through thy name. So, Oftentimes, the, the argument is made only the apostles can heal. Well, who are these 70? Just Bob, Fred, and Joe, right? They're, they're, they're not anybody in particular. They're just regular folks who are close to the ministry of Jesus that he just picked out of the crowd and said, You know, you two, you go this way, you two, you go that way. And he did, did that for the 70 people. And he gave them the same power so that even, and now, now of course, uh, I like what it says in verse 17 even the devils are subject uh, unto us through what through thy name so even before jesus went to the cross he could still use his the the name of jesus they were slightly different authority level went after he went to the cross but still while he was on the earth they could go in the name of jesus and cast out devils and heal the sick and so so jesus was a was uh the healer in the new testament and uh let, let's look at uh um, well, he, he mentioned a couple verses. I'll just read these. You can write these, uh, the references down. In Malachi uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 6, it says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. I am the Lord, I change not. So uh, what does that mean? That this means who, who he is is who he is. He doesn't change who he is. Amen. Sometimes he does change how he relates to people uh, because we change. Amen. So before the cross, we didn't have the Spirit of God in us. So that means if, if he needed to get information to us, he would anoint a prophet or a king or, or a priest, and he would send that person to you. Uh, and then he would relate to you in that way. Uh, in the New Testament, we have the Spirit of God in us. So now he can come to us directly and speak to us. There's still uh, prophets in, in the land. Uh, their role in the New Testament is slightly different than the Old Testament. So, uh, but God himself doesn't change. Uh, whatever he does that 's a blessing is still available today, and he says the same thing in hebrews uh, three thir- or hebrews thirteen eight Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever so if he 's the same, then you can look at it and see well if he was doing that then then he would do that now uh, you know you ever, you ever talk to people hey uh, you still you still doing this thing over there? No, I quit doing that a long time ago. Well what happened Well, they changed uh, you know they retire or they you know, they gave up, you know, doing this, and now they're doing that. You know, well, they maybe were maybe a carpenter before, and now they're an electrician. Are you still building houses? No, I'm just wiring houses. You know, what, what are you doing now? Well, I used to dig ditches, but now, you know, I'm making, you know, uh, whatever, model airplanes. Uh, and so, you know, people change all the time. We get bored with something. We get tired of doing something, uh, uh, and so we want to do something different, and we'll just completely change. Um, and, but God, he's, he, he's not that way. You know, if you're perfect, what what, what is there to change? It's nothing to change, right? Uh, the reason why people change is because we don't feel like we're perfect. We feel like we're trying to grow or trying to do something different or get tired of doing something that we've been doing. I remember I had a uh, college professor in, in the engineering college. And uh, for years, he was just kind of a straight-laced guy, right? Uh, taught uh, sc- school, you know, back in the day, professors would wear ties to class, right? Uh, I think a lot of your professors is in uh, uh, wore ties to to uh, to teach with, um, and um, was that right? what was uh, Dr Gilbert did he wear ties when he taught yeah well um, but uh, but this one fellow he did he would come in and uh, he would even you know mow his yard and you know and wing tips and and, and i don 't he had to wear a tie, but he was wear dress dress slacks you know it 's like well you know God invented shorts right And some people don 't like that, but uh, you wear shorts if you don't i don 't care uh, but anyway, so he was just kind of this this regular-looking guy. Well, one summer he he took a sabbatical out to uh, out west somewhere with the Indians and and came back and he and he uh, started having he had long hair and wore all this you know uh, what what's that stone uh, turquoise stones you know uh, jewelry and stuff uh, and uh, wore all this you know Indian-looking stuff and and it just. He completely changed he got the revelation of the great spirit or whatever he found out there you know it probably wasn't the great spirit you know they think it was uh and so it was probably a slightly above average spirit if anything uh and so but people change like that all the time don't they just completely you know uh, they go from uh of course you know in the 70s uh, everybody had long hair right and bell bottoms and yeah, and then God delivered us from the seventies, and and uh, we quit wearing you know those ugly clothes like that, big prints, you know, big flowers, everything, you know, uh, and and so, uh, well, you know, things change, in, in society, uh, fashions and ideas change in society, but God's the same. Well, why is He the same? Because He's perfect. There's no need to change if you're perfect, right? Um, and so men kind of we're always trying to find a way to get better, and sometimes we. We change and we get better. Sometimes we change and we get worse. Uh, some people, they, just, they can't handle being the same all the time. And so they'll just get frustrated with life and they'll start changing things without any wisdom. Uh, and they'll just quit their job and, uh, and, uh, and don't, don't have a plan. Well, I don't like my job. I'm just going to quit. And I had a fellow come by here one time needing some, uh, some financial help. And I said, what's going on? He said, well, I quit my job. I said, the supervisor said something I like and I just quit. I said, well, how's that working out for you? Uh, you know, people, people just, you know, they just don't, don't think about stuff, right? Well, well how, how are you going to eat tomorrow? Uh, and so uh, sometimes I wonder about folks there. So the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, and then he says, uh, so he's continuing in, in uh, this path here that uh, if Jesus was the healer in the New Testament, is he still the same today? So, so why is he the healer? Because he's good. You, is that a good thing? In fact, uh, uh, Acts ten thirty eight said how uh, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing what, doing good, and healing all that were sick, uh, all, all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. So is healing a good thing? Well, that's what he says. Who went about doing good and healing? So so why why did Jesus do the healing? Because he's good. So is he like less good now? I mean, if you stopped healing, well, I don't like helping people anymore. What would you think about somebody who used to help everybody all the time, but now doesn't? You'd wonder, well, did somebody hurt their feelings? You know, are they bitter now about the world? I'm just tired of helping people. People taking advantage all the time. and I just don't do that anymore. Well, that, you know, that's typically what you'd find out. Well, you were doing all this good before, but now you're not doing good. And why? Well, because people were unkind. You know, you see that in the ministry a lot. People were wonderful ministers of, go- of the gospel, pastors and uh, and then people treat them poorly. You know you, you you hear a lot of people who leave church because the pastors treated them poorly. but how about the pastors that get treated poorly? You know, a lot of people leave the ministry because people are so unkind to them. Well, they're still called. The Bible says that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Uh, and yet because uh, they just don't want to deal with the 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 unkindness of people, they will change of course of direction. You know, before they were wonderful servants of God helping everybody, doing all these things. Uh, and uh, but now they're not helping anybody because they don't want the grief of, of the few that are unkind. Uh, well, they changed, uh, and it's a, it's a, it's a sad indictment upon people that they would treat ministers, especially you know pastors. Um, you know, I, I never it never ceases to amaze me. I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for many years now and uh, and it it's not like I dwell on it and I'm not because I learned from my from my pastor he got bitter about a lot of ways people treated him and I reject that I refuse to allow people to, to change my course of direction but I do observe it and I do experience it and it, it always amazes me how people are willing to, to do that who's to say the most unkind things to a pastor who'd never done anything to them at all but they don't like how the church is run they think it should be run different or run better and it's like okay fine go start your own church the Building empty buildings everywhere right there's an empty building right next door you can't have that one because it's our building but you know there's just uh, and so uh, I just you know pastors uh, uh, most pastors are just wonderful men of God who are just trying to help people trying to do the best they can um, and yet because of circumstances of life they get burned out you know they get hurt they get wounded you know uh, and they of course you know I understand they allow that to happen you don't have to allow it to happen. You can resist those things um, through the power of God. But they do happen, and they change course because of that. Uh, would, God doesn't change. He never changes. If he's done a good thing, then he'll always do a good thing. Uh, and, in fact, he said in James uh, 1.17, well, uh, uh, before we get there, uh, where it says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, that word same there means the same, the very same, identical, identical person in every respect. The very same identical person in every respect. Very same. So when he's the same, he's the very same. Identically very the same. So if, uh, so, what you're going to do then is you're going to go back and find out, well, then if you're the same, then let's find out what you were doing so we can say, well, then if, you're do, if you were doing that, then then, then you're doing that today. Yes. Uh, or something better, right? Because, you know, same, you could, you could treat me, you know, give me $100 today, but tomorrow you can give me $1,000. Okay, well, that's the same, but better. Uh, sometimes God is able to do better for things for us. If we have greater faith, he can do better things for us. Now, he doesn't change, but our ability to, to interact with the Lord does change. And so he said in James uh, 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from where? From above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom Is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Uh, And so, if it's good, where did it come from? Came from God. Well, that implies that if it's not good, where did it come from? Not God, right? Uh, So, if so, sometimes in the church uh, they read this verse: "Every good gift and every evil thing comes down from above." Well, that seems like that would be really weird. I'm gonna I'm gonna heal you uh, right after I give you cancer. Sometimes it's worse. I'm going to heal you, and then I'm going to give you cancer. It's like, well, well, Lord, you know, can we have it the other way around? Because if i got cancer, and now you heal me, see, I'm better off. But if I was healed, and now you're going to give me cancer, now I'm, you know, I've taken one step forward and two steps back. Uh, and so, no, if every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and it comes down from the far, Father of lights, the, uh, and, uh, and he emphasizes this, with whom is no variableness. Uh, you ever, people... You ever, uh, known people that are variable you ever had a boss that was variable you go to the secretary is he is he happy today or is he not happy today if he's not happy i'll come back tomorrow why because he's variable people are variable they change you just never know right just some some people they're so they're so wishy-washy you so up and down you just never know what you're going to get when you say hi to him you never going to know if you're going to get dr jekyll or mr hyde right uh, and, and of course we like dr jekyll he was the good guy right uh, uh, but it sounds bad because his, his name is Jekyll, right? Uh, but no, Dr. Jekyll was the good guy. Mr. Hyde was the bad guy. Uh, in case you want to know about all those old movies, right? Uh, and so, uh, but see, that's variableness. You don't know what you're going to get. So if God, if there's no variableness in, in the Lord, then all is well, right? Then the Lord is, is blessing us. And so uh, we're glad that the Lord is the same all the time. And he said, there, there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning, and so, uh, shadow of turning just means, you know, if there's a, if there's a light on you and you don't see a shadow, if you move a little bit, you're going to start seeing a shadow uh, because now the light's in a different location with you. And so the Lord's exactly the same. So that's that. And that should encourage us because if he's exactly the same, then that should inspire us to, well, then let's see what you were doing then. Let's see what you've ever done. And if you were ever doing these good things for us, then you're doing those good things for, for us now. Amen. Uh, and so he said, uh, that James says the Lord is exactly the same as he ever was. And so then he says in the Old Testament, God used to be uh, these seven covenant names. And, then he, and he mentions these seven covenant names. Uh, and we'll go through them. You know, I don't know how much detail we'll go through them. Uh, but I'll just read some of these uh, references there for you. Uh, the first covenant name is Jehovah Shammah, which is the Lord ever-present. Uh, and then it, it, if you go look these up, I looked up all these, all these uh, locations of where they were found. He says um, uh, in Ezekiel uh, forty-eight thirty-five, 35, uh, he said, uh, and this is just a prophecy from, from Ezekiel, right? Uh, that he was about, um, it was around about 18,000 measures. The name of the city from that day shall be. The Lord is there. So he's prophesying about the future, about the Lord being present uh, in uh, Jerusalem so he's talking about the, the future city of Jerusalem he said the Lord is there the Lord is ever present uh, and uh, and of course some of these things this, this is the only time this is used this is the only time this one was used in particular um, and then he said uh, so, so these most of these not all of them that way but most of these are uh, where it says the Lord is there that's the word the word says Lord that's the uh, Hebrew word Jehovah uh, and so, and a lot of times if you have a King James translation, it'll have a uh, Lord. I don't know if it, if it shows it up there. Do you have Ezekiel 48, 35? Yeah. So there in that case, it's all uppercase, right? Uh, and so sometimes it'll be, uh, small caps where it's a capital L and, and then smaller capital O R D. Uh, but when, anytime you see the capital Lord like that, that means it's the word Jehovah. And so sometimes it's just Lord, which means the, the one greater than us. Uh, but sometimes it's specifically the word Jehovah, and they translate it as the word the English word Lord. But they change the the um, uh, the format of that as all ca- all capital letters to let us know this is Jehovah. This is this is the covenant name of God, uh, and so that's why you'll see sometimes in, in your uh, usually it's in King James. I don't. Uh, some other translations would do the same thing, uh, but in this case, it's the Lord is there. Jehovah is there, and oftentimes. In the original Hebrew, this is a, a single compound word, like a hyphenated word. Uh, and so that, and that's the way it was originally in, uh, in Ezekiel 48, 35, where it says the, the Lord is there. If you notice in the, uh, again, it doesn't show it there, but in the King James, um, it's italicized, right? Anybody get, get the King James there? Uh, and if it, in the King James, it'll say uh, the Lord is there, but the word is is italicized, which means that the translator added that to kind of help understand what it says. But it really just says the Lord there, uh, which means the Lord is ever-present. Uh, and so that's your, um, uh, that, that's your school part of, for, of training for today, right? Uh, and so uh, the Lord, Jehovah, uh, Shammah, the Lord is ever-present. And then in, in Genesis 22, uh, this is the story of, of uh, Abraham. And remember when he went up onto the mountain uh, with... Uh, Uh, with Isaac right the Lord said, take up take Isaac up to the mountain uh, and uh, sacrifice him and so it says in in Genesis uh, 22 starting in verse 12 it says and he said uh, lay not thine hand upon the lad neither do thou anything unto him for now I know that thou fearest God seest thou seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son thine only son from me and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold Behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And so in, in verse 20, in verse, 20, or verse 12, uh, the Lord intervened just before uh, Abraham uh, sacrificed Isaac. And he said, uh, you know, now I know that you will do everything that you fear God and you'll do the things that I told you to do. And Abraham saw the, uh, the ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. Now, that actually says in the King James, right? Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day in the mountain of the Lord, which which is seen. Uh, and it's interesting because uh, anybody remember the, the uh, Brother Copeland song, uh, Jehovah Jireh? You know, uh, you're my provider. Uh, that was a big thing back in the '80s when he sang that song. And now uh, we sing a song. It's just called Jireh, right? Even though it's one word in, in the Hebrew there. So. Uh, but uh, uh, it means that the Lord is our provider. But the, the, the original word of that actually means uh, the Lord sees. And I, I think it's interesting ab- about that because, um, you know, we say it's a Jehovah Jireh that he provides. But why does he provide? He provides because he sees that we have need. So he, so sometimes people wonder, Lord, do you even see that I have need of these things? He does see, right? And, and that's why he's providing is because he sees that. He sees you have need, and he saw that Abraham has a need. And what did he do? He provided because he saw. So the Lord is not unaware of our our situation, right? Well, uh, was he, of course, uh, from the first one, the Lord ever-present, is he always going to be present? He's always going to be present. Here, Jehovah Jireh, uh, he, he was Abraham's provider to provide the sacrifice that he needed, so he didn't have to sacrifice his son. Is he our provider today? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not what? Want, right. And so is the Lord our provider today? He is. Most Christians believe that the Lord's our provider. Amen. Not our jobs, not the government, but the, the Lord God himself. Uh, and so, um, again, this was the only time this particular Hebrew word was used. Um, the next one, and, and I'm going to start uh, accelerating a little bit through these, uh, the Lord, our banner. Uh, and so uh, this is a, 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 a symbol of victory. Uh, so sometimes uh, when, when a, uh, in, our, in our historical time, when a country wins a battle, they plant their flag, right? Well, the flag is a type of banner, uh, and why did they do that? To, to say, well, I'm the winner, right? You can go watch all the movies of Iwo Jima, right? And, and even remember 9-11, the big the famous flag after the towers fell, uh, that the firemen went out there and found the flag and, and hoisted it up. You know, It looked very similar to uh, Iwo Jima when, when they did that. Uh, and so uh, it's the name uh, or symbolizes victory uh, it will, is the Lord our victory does he bring victory into our lives right yeah. uh, what does the New Testament say that this is the victory that overcometh the world even what our faith. our faith so if the Lord was our victory in the old covenant and is he still our victory in the new covenant well most Christians believe that right uh, and so uh, it's showing the, conti- the, the continuity of the Lord If he was ever our victory, he's still our victory. If he was ever present, he's still ever present. If he was our provider, he's still our provider. Um, In in the book of Judges, uh, in uh, Judges uh, 6.24, this was uh, Gideon here. It says, Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Uh, Unto this day, it it is yet uh, in uh, uh, Ophrah, and uh, of the Beziites uh, and uh, this was uh, his victory there and it's uh, Jehovah Shalom because we know Shalom means peace right so he's Jehovah Shalom so he is our peace does he provide peace into our life do we have a right to have peace today right uh, uh, what does uh, um, Philippians 4-7 say and the very the God of peace will, will, will guard our hearts and our minds amen uh, and so uh, if he was our peace then, we know from the new covenant that he's our peace today. So again, he's Jehovah Shalom. It's a covenant name of God. I am God, who is your peace? Uh, and so uh, then uh, we go to the famous one, uh, Jehovah Ra in Psalm 23, uh, verse 1. Uh, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh, and so that word shepherd there is just, just Ra, which just means uh, he is our shepherd. But in the context of it, he, he is our Lord, our shepherd. Uh, and uh, we don't find this particular one as a, um, as a compound word like the other ones, uh, but he, he is our shepherd. Uh, and was he our shepherd in the old covenant? Uh, is he our shepherd today? He's our shepherd today. So again, uh, Dr. McCross is making the point of, we're looking at these covenant names of God uh, from the standpoint of uh, uh, Hebrews thirteen eight. That Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, and today, ever, and so if He was our banner, if He was our peace, if He was our, our presence, if He was our shepherd, then and he, and He is today, then that shows how He is the same, uh, and he, so He's making a good case there, right? Uh, in um, Jeremiah uh, twenty three verses five and six, He said at the end of uh, verse six, He says, "The Lord our righteousness." Uh, And that is Jehovah Sidkenu. So again, the word the Lord there in verse six there, let's see uh, where it says, uh, and it's all capitalized there. So that just shows that it's Jehovah, uh, our righteousness, right? Or Jehovah Sidkenu. And um, uh, you can look up how to spell Sidkenu. Uh, If you need to spell it, I will. It's got all kinds of weird letters in there. Uh, This was used a a couple of times, uh, both in Jeremiah, once in 23, verse six, and once in Jeremiah 33, 16, you know, the Lord, our righteousness. Same word there, only two times it was used in the Old Covenant. And he said, the Lord is our righteousness. Well, is he still our righteousness today? Right? Jesus Christ is uh, um, our, our righteousness today, and we are his righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, is righteousness a continuous um, uh, aspect of the Lord from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant? In fact, it's even better in the New Covenant because... The Lord was our righteousness in the old covenant, but now we are His righteousness in the new covenant. He still is our righteousness uh, in the new covenant. And so, again, continuity, the same, right? Uh, Never changing. And so that's the six covenant names of God. And then finally, we get to Jehovah Rapha, uh, which the first time this was found was in Exodus 15, 26. He said at the end of that verse, it says, For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Uh, And so... Again, this is not a a compound word, but I am the Lord that healeth thee. Uh, uh, I am Jehovah Rapha. And I wanted to read this, uh, the end of verse 26, in a few different translations. The King James says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Uh, One says, I am Jehovah, the God who provides you with healing. One says, I am the Lord healing you. Uh, So that's showing a a continuous aspect, right? So not just one time healing, but I am the Lord healing continuous action uh, verb there i am the lord your life giver i am the lord god thy curer i am the lord i make you well again i am the lord i am the one who gives you health i am the lord who heals you your physician i am the lord y- thy surgeon i am yahweh your doctor i am jehovah am healing i jehovah am healing thee i am yahweh that heals you uh, and so the, the word uh, rafa was used many times in the Old Covenant. And so the, the statement then was that if... if uh, and you can go through and make the case, right? And, uh, most Christians would not argue the first six names of God that he is still doing those things today. Is he still providing righteousness today? Is he still providing deliverance today, victory today? Is he still providing uh, peace today? Is he still providing shepherdship today? He is in all of those things. And so because the Bible says that Jesus Christ is same yesterday, today, forever... So if you find things in the old covenant that were good of God and how he relates to people, then would he still want to continue doing those good things to people today? Yeah. He would, right? Why? Because that's who he is. He doesn't change. You don't know, go, I'm just so tired of people, you know, just, just always asking things and they, all they do, want, 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 um, and, and so I'm going to quit ever uh, blessing anybody ever again. No, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, um, especially that word Jehovah Rapha, we find that uh, uh, many times in the Old Covenant. So, uh, he, it's true that he was a Jehovah of all of these things, one through six in the Old Covenant. He is still Jehovah, all of those things, one through six in the New Covenant. If that's true, then he would have to, uh, just by using simple logic, then he would have to also be Jehovah Rapha. If he was Jehovah all those other things, and he hasn't changed, then surely he is Jehovah Rapha, and he hasn't changed. Well, of course, and uh, we know around here that it's an easy thing to understand that if he was ever our healer, he's still our healer. But but the uh, you know Dr. McCrossan is, is writing this uh, to people who uh, may have started leaning towards well maybe God has stopped healing, leaning towards these other intellectuals who said well God stopped doing that uh, you know thousands of years ago after Jesus died and ended his. Uh, time on the earth God has chosen to no longer heal us well then he would have to change uh, because there's, why would he stop what, what is the purpose of God healing us in the in the new testament healing us in the old testament healing us in the gospels healing us in the book of acts and then it comes to an end what, what would be the purpose of that the only way the purpose of that would be if we have something better well do we get, someday get a glorified body Sure, someday we get a glorified body. The Bible calls it an immortal body, a body no longer subject to death. So uh, is that a better body than we have today? Is that a body that will be subject to sickness and disease? No, so there'd be no need for the Lord to continue as the healer because it's, it's unnecessary. We have a better situation, right? So yeah, it will come to an end, but only when it's no longer necessary to be a healer. But why would he stop being our healer after the first century? How are we better off In that, So the only time that you'll see God change how he relates to people is if uh, it's better. Amen? Uh, And so the only thing that changes is people. God himself never changes. God's still the, even when we get a glorified body, he's still the healer. He's still Jehovah Rapha. It's just that aspect of God will no longer be necessary to to bring to bear in the lives of people. But he's still the same. He still has that ability to do that. Amen? Uh, And so... So, so th- th- and that's, that's Dr. McCross, and he's making this case, right? He's trying to make the case that we saw he was the healer in the Old Covenant. We see that he was the healer in the New Covenant. And then we see from both the Old Covenant and the New Covenant that he never changes. So whatever he's doing that's good to mankind, then, then he would still be doing that to mankind. Now, this is not hard to understand, and it's not even hard to, to accept, uh, unless you're just really hard against believing that God's our healer. Uh, And and for you to believe that God has stopped being a healer, you'd have to believe that God, for some reason, changed and has diminished what he's chosen to provide people to, or provide the people. And, of course, some people have said, well, God has replaced supernatural healing with doctors. Uh, Really, in the first century, God gave them doctors that were better than healing. You ever read any medical history? Hey, let's put a... a, uh, 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 you know, uh, what do they call A leech on you. Let's put a leech on you because that'll probably help, right? And, and what uh, was it? Uh, it wasn't Napoleon, but it was uh, maybe one of the, one of the uh, uh, Roman empires or uh, Roman emperors or something that was killed with, uh, maybe it was Alexander the Great. I think it was Alexander the Great killed by uh, uh, mercury because they thought, well, mercury got be, to gotta be medicinal, right? And of course, what do we know today? Mercury will kill you. I mean, it's just it's a terrible, uh, poisonous substance. And, and uh, let's try that. You want to? Like, well, try it on that guy over there. Don't try it on Alexander the Great, right? Try it on the on you know uh, 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 the, the door greeter, right? Try it on him before you try it on the, on the great general of the world. Uh, and uh, and of course he died. And history is full of of let's try this. <laughs> Note to self: don't do that ever again, right? Uh, that we just killed everybody. Uh, you know I mean uh, as far as we know and I'm not a conspiracy theorist but as far as you know COVID-19 was made in a lab a bunch of guys in white suits going hey let's try this you want to and then the world stops spinning for years because three guys in a lab suit go, hey you want we should try this you want to and oops right and then the whole world just uh, goes into chaos and and so uh, is that better are we better off now when, when people are doing these things? I mean, you just look at history. It's full of, you, uh, go look up the history of how they decided uh, uh, blood types, right? They got O positive, right? AB negative and whatever, O, o negative. Yeah. And, and, you know, they used to think, well, blood's blood. It's red. Uh, and, and they said, you know, I bet, I bet we can take blood from, from Bob over here and give it to Joe over here because you know, it's blood, right? Uh, and, and before they even did that, so, you know, blood's blood. Let's go get some pig blood and put it in a human being. You know, I bet, I bet that'll work. And then after three days, three days, the guy turns black and dies. They go, hmm. Let's not do that again. You want to? Uh, and then even blood, they say, well, you know, first time they trans, they, they, they uh, uh, gave blood from one guy to another guy, it worked. Well, cool. Let's do that all the time. And the second time, the guy turned black after three days and died. They go, hmm. Seems like something's wrong with that. And it and it wasn't until they found out the blood types weren't compatible, right? Some blood types are, but some blood types, if you give, I don't know what they are, but if you give, you know, an uh, an AB negative to RH positive or whatever it is, that would kill them. And it used to be, you remember, uh, uh, this was a long time ago, but before you got married, you had to go give a blood sample. And they would do that to see if you were compatible, right? Because, you know, uh, you mix two blood types and you may get, you know, a child with four legs or something. Uh, And so, and I don't know what they've done to get around that. I guess it's not, it wasn't as big a deal as they thought, but they, I guess they thought maybe that was an issue. And, and so um, they don't do that anymore. But how is that better? How is it better than the Lord healing you supernatural? But a lot of times people make the case, the argument, that, well, God quit doing it because we have better. We have doctors in the world. Well, what, what do they call the medical profession? What do they call what they're doing? Practicing medicine. You know, they've been practicing for a long time, but you haven't got it after 2,000 years. You're really bad at something, right? I mean, you know, you're practicing, you're practicing, and you still can't carry a note. Maybe you should quit doing it, right? Uh, you know, when Brother Hagin, when he first got uh, into the ministry, he thought, well, you know, it'd be good. I'm a pastor. You know, I should, I should take some, some singing lessons because, you know, I'm a pastor, and it'd help if I could just sing because, you know, small churches, you don't always have somebody that can sing. And said, well, I'll just go get some, I'll go get some voice lessons, uh, and after a while, the voice teacher said, uh, said Kenneth, he said, you know, I've never told anybody this before. He said, but you just need to give it up. <laughs> he said, I, I feel bad taking your money. You can't sing. You will never be able to sing. Just give it up. Uh, and, and so it doesn't matter how much he practiced, he was never going to get there. Well, in, in, in the real world, doctors, because the human body is so complex... You know, they've made a lot of improvements, but still, how many things that you do? Well, uh, well, how long have we known about the common cold? Thousands of years. Have we figured out a way around it? No. Well, why not, you know? uh, I mean, you take anything. There's all kinds of diseases that we know about them. Well, can you, I mean, every virus in the world. Can you cure a virus? No. You know, you go down to the doctor and you got some viral infection like like, uh, strep throat or something. Uh, and and I'm not a doctor right so I may may not have that right but if you you have a viral infection what do they do well sometimes they'll give you an antibiotic and I asked the doctor about that one time I said you said my daughter's got a a, a viral infection but you're prescribing her an antibiotic which is not for the viral infection he said well she might have other problems too and and so you know it's like no you know uh, because they're concerned and I don't know if it was a valid concern I'm not a doctor you know uh, I, I'm just suspicious right you know this doesn't affect her actual sickness but you're going to give it just in case for something else going on that seems, seems to me like you're practicing medicine you know doesn't sound to me like you're actually doing medicine like it, it, maybe it'll help let's try that maybe it'll help but they know I mean how long have they known about viruses I mean dozens of decades right I don't know how, when the first virus was, was discovered but I bet it's been 50 years or more And they still don't have a single way not a single virus have they uh, that I know of that they've been able to to cure. Right. Uh, And so. Well, why not? Well, they don't know. I mean, maybe maybe someday they'll figure it out. And I hope they do uh, believe, believe that they will, but they don't know today. Uh, And so how is how is that situation today better than Jesus going? What do you got wrong with you? I've got a viral infection. No problem. You're healed. How, how is what they're doing today in the, in the medical world better than Jesus saying you're healed in Jesus' name, right? Or the disciples saying you're healed in Jesus' name. Uh, it, it doesn't make any sense. And yet people will make the argument that, that God quit healing supernatural because he gave us doctors in place of his supernatural power. And yet somehow that makes us better off, even though people are still dying from these, uh, even sometimes simple things, right? I um, mean, it wasn't until 50 or 60, I guess probably 70 years ago when they discovered penicillin. Before that, if you got a, a, just a, a, an infection from a bacterial infection, you could die. Very likely would die. Because once it, once it overwhelmed your, your immune system, there's nothing you could do about it, nothing you could take. And then met, uh, penicillin was discovered. Uh, and maybe there's a penicillin-like medicine out there for viral infections. They haven't found one yet. Uh, and maybe they will. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying they won't find it. That, uh, but uh, that's, that's a poor argument. The whole point of it is it's a poor argument that God has given us medicine. I mean, you know, um, uh, just the things they used to try, right? Just cut your leg off with a saw. Uh, let's see if this helps. Well, you know, you're just going to try this, see if it helps, right? Uh, and so you go try it on your leg and, then, and let me know how it turns out before you cut my leg off. Uh, so I'm just glad that we didn't live back then. Uh, and I mean, medicine has made a great many advances, but still there's plenty of things that are, we, can, we don't know. We don't know, and, and, or sometimes we do know, but there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, or sometimes it's, we do know, and if you, if you told me six months ago I could have done something about it, but it's too late now. There's, there's plenty of things like that. And, but with God, is there anything that's, that's, that he can't fix? Nothing he can't fix, amen? Uh, and so, so that, that finishes the, uh, the first reason about why Christians uh, should uh, expect that God's still our healer today and so we've got a few questions here if we want to answer them. Uh, and again, the, the book wasn't really divided in into chapters, uh, and so I just kind of picked random locations of where to put questions in here. Uh, and so I tried not to have too much material before we ask some questions here. Uh, and so we got time to answer some questions? Uh, there'll be a test, right? And we'll grade them all at the end of the... Uh, so let me know if you got 100 on these things. And so uh, he said, um, question number one is, Name a reason Christians should believe God heals to, today. God is, now God is healing constantly, right? Uh, what, what other reasons why? He used to heal and what? He hasn't changed, right? Uh, that's a good reason to believe that God heals today, right? Uh, in the Old Testament, who was man's healer? God was, right? Uh, I mean, if you were in the nation of Israel, you know, back then, that was a long time before they knew anything about medicine, right? Uh, And so uh, God was their only source of of assistance. Uh, You know, it's interesting that we've mentioned this before. Uh, You know, people have said, uh, because like the Egyptian society, they had, they were very advanced in a lot of ways. I mean, you go, uh, how they built the pyramids? We don't know. Uh, Most people say it was aliens. I don't know. You know, uh, maybe they had a bulldozer you know, buried by the sand or something, but uh, I don't really care, and, and, and speculating is just, you know, I mean, it's pretty impressive. You, we've, we've been to Peru, and you look at, they've got these giant rock walls, you know, and each rock is, is multiple tons of weight, and they fit per, They they carved them, and they fit perfectly, so you can't even get a, a piece of paper in between them, that's how perfectly uh, cut these, these random stones are. They appear to be random, but they're not really random, because they all, they all have the general same shape. They're not squares or rectangles, but a weird uh, uh, shape there. And um, how they build it? I don't know. It's pretty amazing they did it, but, but uh, we couldn't do it today, not without cranes and, and giant uh, super heavy equipment. Uh, and so what do they know about medicine? People, if we could just know what e, uh, Egypt knew about medicine, why do I need to know that? I've got the Lord God, right? And, and I always thought it's interesting. Uh, who, was, who was educated in Egypt? Moses, I mean, it, it, what Moses was top of the heap in Egypt, right? He was right up there with the Egypt's son, uh, the, the Pharaoh's son. And so, you know, he was educated in the highest level of education in all of Egypt. And yet, how many times did, did when he got into the wilderness and somebody was sick, hey, when, when I was over in Egypt, we put this, you know, uh, beetle juice on you and it cured that. Let me go find some beetle juice. And I'll put it on you and you, how many times did he ever draw upon his knowledge of Egyptian medicine to help the people of Israel? None. You know, people today say, oh, if, we just know, if we could just know what er- secret herbs and spices were back then, we could, get, we could get today, right? We could get the same thing today. Uh, and so, um, uh, who, uh, the third question is, who is the originator of sin, sickness, and death? Okay. Satan is, right? Uh, what is a common cause of sickness? Sin, is, the, is it the only cause of sickness? No, but it, it it is oftentimes a common cause of sickness. And so uh, can you get uh, forgiven for that sickness, for that sin? Sure, right? And and, and so if, if the cause of your sickness was sin, then I would encourage you first receive the forgiveness for that sin. And then in uh, every single time that we saw that, there wasn't many times, but in but every time that we did see that where there was a sin that was involved in the sickness, they received healing or they received uh, forgiveness and then they received healing. And so... Uh, sometimes people think that sin is such is a roadblock to healing that you can never get healed because you uh, apparently can't get forgiven Uh, but uh, deal with it deal with the roadblock and then you can get your healing Uh, question number five is jesus rebuked what in the same way that he rebuked what remember we uh what's the first one he rebuked what sick sickness in the same way that he rebuked the devils, right? Because remember, we, we read two different verses where he rebuked the fever, and then later on, he rebuked the devil. And it's the same way, right? Same word for rebuking there. And so uh, they're, they're both under the power of the Lord. Uh, how often does the original word for disease, how often does the original word for disease found in Psalm 103.3 refer to physical sickness or disease? So... Uh, He said, uh, well, yeah, the numbers is nine times in the Old Testament, 12 in the New Testament. uh, But uh, that means every time, right? So every time that the original word for disease found in Psalm 103, that he heals all of our diseases. uh, Every time that word diseases is found both in the Old Testament and New Testament, it's always referring to physical sickness. Uh, And so uh, he found nine of them. uh, I only found eight of them uh, in the Old Testament and he found 12 of them in the New Testament. I found all 12 of them in the New Testament. Uh, and so that was the word for diseases. In, uh, also in Psalm 103.3, how often does the original word for healeth found in Psalm 103 refers to, refer to physical healing? The word uh, healeth there is rapha, right? Uh, in uh, Psalm 103.3, how, how often does that word also refer to physical healing? Every single time, right? 28 times uh, in, in the New Testament there. Uh, and so there's a few that's like, well, it's a little questionable, but uh, it doesn't refer to spiritual healing. It, there's other things going on there. Uh, but uh, you can make the case that it, it's always referring to physical healing. Uh, and then uh, question number eight is how... how uh, it says... Uh, that sentence doesn't make any sense, right? I'm reading it, but... Uh, <laughs> well, the, the question is, uh, is how do we uh, still redeem our today? Um, I don't know what I'm intended for that to say, but, but basically, on that word redeemeth, there is uh, when did that come to an end? Who redeemeth our life from destruction there in Psalm 103 4. Uh, it didn't come to an end because it's a continuous action, right? Uh, and so I'll have to go back and reword that question because that question doesn't make any sense, right? Uh, but. Um, that's all right, we'll, we'll get it figured out there. But that's what it's asking is, is when did that redeemeth in Psalm, in Psalm 103, 4 come to an end? It didn't come to an end. It's, uh, it's continuous, not a one-time action. Uh, and then of the seven covenant names of God, which covenant name identifies God as our healer? Jehovah Rapha, right? And so that's, that's our covenant name of God. And if that was his covenant name in the old covenant, it's still his covenant name with us in the new covenant. Do we still have a covenant with God? And in one sense, we're under the Abrahamic covenant, um, and so we can get everything that Abraham got plus everything that Jesus uh, added to it in the New Covenant. He didn't do away uh, and get rid of the blessings of the Old Covenant. He only redeemed our, uh, our lives from destruction and redeemed us from the curse of the law. He never redeemed us from the blessings of the law. Uh, and so that's the nine questions there for that section there. Uh, we'll come back, and uh, we won't do it next week. We'll do, come back in a couple weeks when I return from our trip there. Um, and uh, we'll continue on there with the second reason why. So remember, he was going to go through several reasons why uh, we need to believe that Jesus is still a healer. Uh, and but again, it's it's A and A A1 one and A one two. You know, so so uh, we'll go, we'll go along and we'll be okay, right? So we'll come back in, in a couple of weeks and we'll continue on with his uh, uh, his dissertation here. And um, hopefully, we're learning some things, right, about about these things. And um, uh, and the the intent is. He's trying to prove to us from the word of God, so not just an intellectual exercise, but prove to us from the word of God that God is still our healer today. Um, And and that's really what we should do. We should allow the word of God to convince us that these things are true without uh, our minds getting in the way. Uh, And a lot of times we will look at the word of God and then our minds will say, well, what about that guy over there? And so we take an external, uh, an outside influence and we say that the word of God is no longer valid. And so Dr. McCrossin is trying to say, let's stick with the word. Let's prove that the word is stable and true and and unchanging and then believe that, amen? Uh, And so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for blessing us. Father, we thank you that the word is true and sure. Father, we thank you that uh, if you were ever our healer, you're still our healer. Father, we choose to believe that's so. We choose to believe it's accurate today, Father. And so Lord, we thank you that if you were Jehovah Rapha, uh, thousands of years ago you are still jehovah Rapha, our healer physician and doctor today and so lord we thank you for that we give you the praise and the honor for it father in jesus name amen all right so um, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering she didn't know how to answer that one question huh (laughs) Uh, you couldn't you couldn't uh, get the interpretation of that question huh that's that's all right Um, we'll get it right Uh, and so of course next sunday uh, Dr. Marilyn Newbauer will be here with us and she'll be here both for the morning service and the evening service and in uh, the afternoon service for healing school so um, and I think everybody in here has heard her before so come in Mr. Jared, to receive the offering and then also uh, Sunday uh, after the morning service we'll have our church meal uh, and uh, of course Miss Marilyn will be here with us then and so um We'll have a good time, right? I won't be here, but uh, you all have a good time. Of course, Miss Millen always does a good job when she's here with us, amen? And so uh, we'll be blessed. Have a wonderful week, and uh, we'll see you in about a week and a half, right? I'm heading out of Dodge here in a couple days and heading over to uh, Ireland. We'll be there for uh, about a week. So all right, we'll be blessed, and and, uh, you're dismissed.